Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. with us today brought to you by purdy insurance market street in sunbury go to purdyinsurance.com auto home life business insurance yes indeed business insurance all at purdy insurance market street in sunbury go to purdyinsurance.com and we are in the sunbury motors studio Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Don't forget, you can always go to our website. We have a full list of individuals and companies that have restraining orders out against the suit. Just check in, make sure. I'm sorry, we weren't supposed to mention that, sorry. (laughs) Make sure yours is there. We got more basketball tonight. That's right, we do. Elite Eight, baby. There you go. After a Boy, yes, so-so you... weekend of Sweet 16 action. <laughs> Lackluster. Holy moly. And to, I mean, tonight Houston's going to play Oregon State. Oh, huh. Good luck on that one. <laughs> there are not going to be a lot of points in that, baby. Yeah, unfortunately, the game I would probably pick would be the one that's not starting till 10. Suck it up. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's time for you to, to really. Come on. Man up. Game you want to watch doesn't start till 10. Oh, the wine. The wine. Why do I always have to work with whiners? I'll probably watch a little, but I don't know if I'll make it to the end. We'll see. You won't make it to the end. This is what My happens goodness, when you I have like a, a 14-month-old. Uh, oh, excuse me. Like, I didn't have five? I know. Exactly. How did you do it? your problems. <laughs> How did I do it? I just... I manned up. <laughs> Hey, really? You want to know how? I manned up. I have five of them. I'm over here, and they uh, you're crying me a river. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a five-year-old. Oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> he's, 
I can't stay up anymore. <laughs> like, oh, great. Oh, all right, I'll stay up for the both of us and watch it all the way through. <laughs> Young parents. <laughs> I, we had five. <laughs> five of them. Uh... <laughs> Every time we turned around, there was one there. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So, there's uh, <laughs> Well, I see that all these people, they want their student loans forgiven. I'm sitting there like going, hey, yo, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> I helped pay for five. Where's my rebate? <laughs> I want a rebate, man. <laughs> You're going to start handing out cash to people about college. Yo, whoa. <laughs> I need some help here. You tell Lawrence. I will. You tell Lawrence. I'm like, hey, yo, guys. Forgive those student loans. Hey, where's my rebate? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, you feel like it's your duty as a father to do whatever you can to help out and get them on some sort of path along the way. Um, so let's start. I'm going to start uh, by the numbers here. Arkansas, Baylor. Baylor will win. Uh, Arkansas, Arkansas to me can only win if they stay uh, in the neighborhood most of the night. They cannot pull the fall behind by double digits deal like they've been doing and beat Baylor. It's a different it's a different ball game. So you got to stay in the neighborhood all night, then then seize your moment. If they fall behind by double digits in this game, I cannot picture them winning. Oregon State, Houston. Houston is the first team in the history of the NCAA tournament to face four double-digit seeds. Do you realize that the best team seeded-wise they have faced is Rutgers as a 10? And they had to win late on that. And how precarious... is the Oregon State run. Remember, Oregon State is not getting into the tournament as an at-large. The only way they could have done it was by winning the Pac-12, which they did. But think back to the quarterfinals of the Pac-12 tournament, which, of course, was late at night, and Matt didn't see it. Because he has a 16-month-old. UCLA is winning the game by 18 points in the Pac-12 quarterfinal. Oregon State, to its credit, comes storming back. But UCLA has a free throw right at the end to win it and missed it. And it went to overtime at Oregon State won. That, that, they are a free throw away from not being where they are now. 
but fate was on their side. Free free throw was missed. And Oregon State has not stopped winning. They'll play Houston tonight, first team to 60 wins. Neither team is good offensive. Houston is not a good offensive team. They are a great defensive team. They're not a very good um, offensive team. But defensively, outstanding. So that's tonight. So let's do something by the numbers here. Today's numbers are 200 and 600. We told you about Russ Rose winning his 1,300th career game. 1,300th career match. We told you about Kale Sanderson winning his 200th dual meet as a coach. This past weekend, Jeff Tambroni of the men's lacrosse team at Penn State, he's led Penn State to the Final Four, won his 200th career game between Cornell and Penn State. So congratulations to Jeff. And Mark Pavlik of the men's volleyball team ended up winning his 600th career match. 600. How about that? 600. So congratulations to them. And then Clarissa Corwell won her first uh, softball game at Penn State. But 600 career wins Mark Pavlik. Mark and I go back decades. Good friend. Jeff Tambroni's become a good friend as well. 200 wins for him. Terrific people. Great families. And when you look at Russ Rose, Cale Sanderson, Mark Pavlik, Jeff Tambroni, they'll give credit to everybody else. But they've been the constants. Which brings me to what does a program look like? I'm going to talk to you about that in a moment. And I'm going to relate it to Nate Oates of Alabama and then talk about Mike Woodson taking the job at Indiana. Woodson is 63. He, too, has also put children through college uh, and stayed up late at night and watched games. It's amazing. Good to know. Ah, the young generation. I, I can't stay up late. What are you talking about? It's your job. Stay up late. You just can't watch Eagle games on Sunday, get mad, and then throw stuff at the TV and say, I've done my job. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance, and now that the warmer weather is on our minds, all of us at Purdy Insurance are ready to pair you up with the right coverage for that boat, RV, motorcycle, or jet ski. Enjoying the great outdoors is easy with the right coverage. Give Purdy Insurance a call at 570-286-5855, send us an email, or visit our website at purdyinsurance.com to see what we can do for you. 
Can I say this, though, about that play? What a well-conceived play by Oral Roberts. And it's interesting because that's exactly the play I thought they were going to run. In other words, swing. I was talking with my son, and he said, what, what, what do you run here? And I said, look, you take him, Acemas, I said, and you run him across the backside where he catches it and he's running to his natural side. And that's what they did, and he just missed. So Arkansas, unfortunately known to some people in the building, <clears throat> corner office, as Arkansas. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, I have concerns. Although I think the run's coming to an end, and my bracket will take its final hit <laughs> when they play Baylor tonight. They've been well, playing with fire for three games in a row, and you can't do that against Baylor. And yeah. Baylor's back to, I think, the way they were earlier in the year, for the most yeah. part. Baylor's playing really well right now. Really well. They're back to playing, as you said, pre-pandemic. Or, you know, pre-pause, I mean. Right. That's what I meant to say, pre-pause. Uh, the um, So let's get to what the program looks like. Obviously, you have great things. Scott Drew, you know what his program looks like. Mark Few, you know what his program looks like. Uh, Kelvin Sampson, you know what his program looks like. Uh, let's see. Uh, Wayne Tinkle at Oregon State, you know what his program looks like. It's interesting how the... Um, so often... There'll be people out there, fans, whatever, will look at uh, a coaching job of somebody who's just on the job. Uh, And they'll, oh, now that's the kind of guy we do. Look, some common sense has to come into play, and let's start with Nate Oates. Nate Oates is an excellent coach. Now, you can't have a formula analytically of layups, dunks, free throws, and threes, and have the free throw line be 11-24. to 24. You're not going to win the game the way it is. But there's so often where you hear um, you know, that's the kind of guy we need and so forth. Well, just slow down. Slow down. And you do have to slow down sometimes. Let's look. Who are the top players for Alabama? John Petty. Herbert Jones, SEC Player of the Year. Jaden Shackelford. Alex Reese, right? Among their top seven players. Okay, those four. Okay, He didn't recruit one of them. He didn't recruit any of them. None. They were recruited by Avery Johnson. Yes, even Jaden Shackelford. Jaden Shackelford signed his letter of intent when Avery Johnson was still the coach in Johnson's last season. And that's, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that. So what does the program look like when it's really all his, where 
all the parts of it are his. I mean, we know what Jay Wright looks like. Steve Lavin is an example I've, I've used many times, and personally, I, believe me, I, I like Steve Lavin. Steve Lavin came into St. John's. Mike Roberts was in his fifth year, ends up getting fired. Steve Lavin comes in the next year, and St. John's has a phenomenal year. Look at the job he's doing. He didn't recruit a single guy in that roster. None. As time went, the program then slid back, and then part of it was also health issues for him. But that's the point I try to make to everybody all the time. Don't get too, oh, this is the guy, when they take over somebody else, they inherit somebody else's talent, and to their credit, do a great job with it. But that doesn't mean, the pro. it doesn't tell you anything about the program yet. It tells you nothing about the program yet. You have to be there for a while to do something. That's why I mentioned the coaches earlier. They're all been here for 10 years plus. Nate Oates has done a great job, but he's also done a great job with the critical pieces being what Avery Johnson recruited. To Nate Oates' credit, he has taken them, and he has done a fabulous job with them. Sometimes people can't get their their hands around that. And it happens a lot. Now, Mike Woodson's going to be interesting at Indiana. He can coach. There's no getting around it. He's a very good coach. But he's never had to recruit before. And he's at a place that I don't think is easy to recruit. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business. The best in the business when it comes to insurance. They'll save you money wherever they can. Maybe it's with bundles, but they'll do it. They'll work hard to find those savings because they know your budget means everything to you. And they'll always make sure you're insured, up to date, and on time. They take good care of you because customer service means everything to them. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Penn State basketball coach Micah Shrewsbury in the next half hour. But let's talk Bucknell football. They got on the field and won impressively over Lafayette. Joining us, the head football coach of Bucknell, Dave Giacchini. Dave, not only welcome to the show, but welcome back to the field. Steve, it's been a a long time, almost 500 days between football games, so... Uh, it was an awful lot of uh, uh, fun to go out there and, and get after our, uh, a league opponent like Lafayette. 490 days. <laughs> 490 days. Yep. Amazing. When you have watched other FCS teams play during this spring, what did you observe 
and then apply it to what you try to do with your team? Yeah, you know, the first thing that we noticed was how low scoring most of the games had been. Uh, you know, there have been a couple of outliers, but but the predominantly uh, a lot of the games that were just in the teens or the low 20s uh, by the time it was all said and done. And, and we kind of chalked that up to just, you know, the, the rust being on the offensive side of the ball more than on the defensive side. You know, typically when you go into a preseason camp, uh, your defense comes along and gels together a couple of practices ahead of the offense. The offense was always a little bit behind. So so we figured that this was going to be um, a defensive battle, and certainly it started out that way. You know, the first quarter was, um, you know, a, a tight contest, but as, as the game went on, our offense seemed to gain more confidence, uh, seemed to just uh, – really get the the jitters out of them and and uh and we were able to go out there and execute uh and get a lot of big plays you know these big chunk yardage type pass plays down the field uh that allowed us to continue to pull away as the afternoon uh, rolled on dave i'm going to get to the offense in a moment i do want to talk about your defense you gave up the early touchdown and then on nine of the next 10 drives it ended in either a turnover or a punt. Right. What did you see? What did you see from your team defensively as they settled into this game? Yeah, well, well, the key was up front. You know, our defensive line. Yeah. You know, we we the the disadvantage we had it was our first game and it was Lafayette's second game. The advantage we had was we got a chance to scout that game. We saw yeah. uh, Lafayette play Colgate two weeks prior to our game, and uh, that was my biggest concern. Was man, their offensive line just took control of the ball game and, and physically dominated Colgate's defense. Uh, and, and so that was the biggest concern. And once we were able to kind of take command of that line of scrimmage and force Lafayette out of their comfort zone, which was to pound you on the ground, gain control of that line of scrimmage, and then take a big shot uh, up top, which obviously they did early on. They, they, they ran a play action very successfully mm-hmm. for, for a, a, a long touchdown. But from that point on, uh, we turned them into a one-dimensional team. We took away that ground game. They weren't able uh, – I think they had a, a net 15 yards on the ground for the entire day. So, I mean, just a phenomenal job up front, uh, and that starts with our defensive line. And, and once they became a little bit more one-dimensional, uh, we were able to tee off and, and put some pressure on the quarterbacks and, and force uh, them into throwing four interceptions. Offensively, what kind of luxury is it to have a Brandon Sanders at wide receiver? Yeah, I, I tell you, it, it makes it a lot of fun when you're game planning. It really does because he's a guy that you know um, you can have the confidence that if you can just get him into a single coverage type of a situation uh, that he's going to beat 99% of, of anybody that anybody can put up to, to guard against him. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun uh, game planning and, and getting him involved because we know he, you know, not only is he an explosive player, uh, but he's also a tough player. You know, very, very reliable hands. Um, he'll go up and, and, and go across the middle without any fear, and, and he just has all of those tools. So it, it's really, uh, you know, whatever you can dream to, to get him freed up and into single coverage, you know, he's going to be, be able to go out and execute. That's a lot of fun. Dave, what did you like about each of your two quarterbacks? 
Yeah, well, going into the game, uh, you know, Logan obviously had had the most uh, experience. You know, Bittekoffer started all of our games uh, a year ago. Taryn uh, Earl did play in most of them, but not all of them as, as the season went on. A little bit more of a supporting cast member, but Taryn really impressed uh, during uh, our, our um, preseason, you know, the 20 the, the some practices that we had prior to playing Lafayette, and, and he just brings an added element to the game. Uh, he's really crafty. Uh, and, and has some explosiveness in the run game, a, a threat that uh, Bittacoffer doesn't have. And they both went out and, and did a tremendous job. You know, we had them both out on the field uh, for about a dozen plays or so uh, to really keep uh, Lafayette guessing as to which uh, quarterback would be taking the snap. And, and we would take turns lining Bittacoffer out at wide receiver or, or, or Earl out at wide receiver, depending on the play. So, so it was a neat little package that our offensive coordinator, uh, Jason Muren, uh, developed and, and we practiced this heading into the game uh, and it worked really well and there were times that we decided to have a couple of drives uh, that it was just going to be uh, Taron at quarterback the entire drive and he played really well there too and, and uh, you know that's always been a big philosophy of ours early on in the season is to get two quarterbacks uh, some experience and, and obviously this is a season like no other so you don't have a, as long of a uh, season but it was great to see both of them go out there um, and be able to be as efficient throwing the football as they both were. You have to give, as you pointed out, the pressure up front. You still ended up with all those interceptions in the game, which means you have to have guys that close on the ball. How do you feel about ball reaction by your linebackers, your secondary, helped out obviously by terrific pressure up front? Yeah, absolutely. You know, their quarterback didn't have a lot of time uh, in the pocket, and actually two of the four interceptions that we had were off of tipped balls at the line yeah. of scrimmage. So uh, just really opportunistic, you know, when that ball's in the air. And, and that's sometimes when, you know, when you're, playing, when you're playing more zone coverage, which we did for most of the afternoon, you get a chance to see that, right? Your eyes are on the quarterback, and that ball comes off of his hand. You're, you're able to start your break, and then all of a sudden it gets tipped at the line of scrimmage. You've, you already have a beeline on it, and, and that, that's one of the challenges when you're playing man coverage. Your eyes are on the, the, the receiver or the running back or the tight end that you've got to cover. So, uh, so we were playing a lot of zone, and when we were getting that type of pressure, uh, that, that, that really helped us. And, and uh, so those two batted balls wound up uh, in the hands uh, of, of our players. Um, you know, Simeon Page uh, got uh, the one. Uh, and uh, Brandon San, uh, I'm sorry, Brandon Benson was able to get the other one. Uh, and then the third interception that we had uh, was also a, a ball that the quarterback was kind of flush from the pocket. He was just trying to get rid of it, and he chucked it deep and thought that uh, we wouldn't get to it. And and uh, uh, we were able to get to Connor Romango or other safety he was able to run under it and pick it off as well. So yeah, again, huge props goes to the defensive line. And, and forcing the pocket to collapse and forcing the quarterback to make some uncomfortable throws. Right now, as, as you know, I work with one of the greatest linebackers, by my money, the best linebacker ever, obviously, in Jack Ham. So I'm going to ask a linebacker-centric question. <laughs> because, sure. Because his ability, Dave, when he played, was he would get himself with the proper depth of a drop, get himself into a passing lane, and then suddenly the ball would have to be thrown over him. Now, it's the first game, uh, and you go out and play this. Did your linebackers play the way you wanted to, getting into passing lanes, forcing difficult throws? 
Yeah, they did. You know, Simeon Page, you know, he is uh, he's our playmaker on defense. He's been starting for four years uh, at linebacker. He's been all-conference his first three years. I'm sure he'll be first-team all-conference this year as well. He is just such a force. Uh, but one of his, you know, kind of signature things is he's a great blitzer. And he did a great job on Saturday as well, had a huge sack. Uh, but that's one of the areas that he's improved the most on. He he has been a better defender, dropping into coverage or at times latching onto the running back and and covering him in man coverage. And and he did a phenomenal job. Rick Mottram uh, is another guy who started a ton of football games for us at our Mike linebacker position. He's as tough as they come, but he's also as smart as they come. Uh, and he had another uh, phenomenal game. Uh, and then we had an, an outside linebacker playing his first game, Blake Leak, uh, a true fresh. Uh, who got the fourth interception was able to return that for a touchdown. So a great uh, first game, college game memory uh, for Blake, and, and and he did a great a good job uh, seeing significant time at the outside linebacker position, splitting it up with uh, Garrett Van Italy, who's a, our other really seasoned senior linebacker who had a really productive season for us as a junior. So so yeah, we're very confident at that linebacker position. Just so much. Uh, confidence and leadership, and, and they're just seasoned veterans. Uh, um, all three are starters, and, and and they're the heart and soul of that defense. It's that really what makes us tick. And Dave, as you said, a season unlike any other. So as you've gone through this as a coach and as a team, what have been the challenges that maybe a lot of people may not realize? Well, I think it's just it's such a different way. You know, as a coach, you get used to a routine and used to a cycle. Might be the the best way. Your your in season cycle, your recruiting cycle. Well, this is just kind of throw the rule book away and start from scratch and, and everything that we have to do in terms of just organizing practice to make sure it's safe and, and that we're socially distancing. The locker room is a big concern. And so all of the logistics that go into running a practice, a practice is, is hard enough uh, just planning on what you're doing for two and a half hours out on the field each day. Uh, but to turn around and, and to have to plan around all of these other things, whether it's um, you know making sure our players are getting out of class on time and are able to make it uh, because our hours are a little bit different because we have every sport that's basically in season. Every outdoor sport is in season at this moment. So you're sharing your practice field. You're sharing the stadium with, with the track team and with lacrosse. And, and that, this just creates so many unique issues that you have to go by in your schedule. Uh, you're a little bit, uh, you know, a, a hard, it's a lot harder to get into that type of routine. Uh, and our players had to do a phenomenal job of learning a different way of practicing and, and being safe and being smart, staying six feet away from each other and, and, and keeping the concern because they understand, you know, a couple of COVID, uh, positive COVID tests can ruin your season, you know, especially a season as short as we have here uh, in the Patriot League. If you're down for two weeks, you're you're missing half of the, half of the season. So uh, the pressure was there for guys to, and, and it's still there for guys to continue to be safe in everything that they do, and and that's the biggest challenge. It really is, uh, um, and, and and to overcome that that fear of of not uh, if you don't do things the right way that you're going to miss out on all of this time and that you've sacrificed for the past 490 days to get ready for a season and you can just lose it that quickly uh, with a little bit you know of, of careless behavior so th- there's been so many challenges around the pandemic and i'm so proud of how our players 
have handled that type of adversity because it really has forced them. It's forced us to be different as coaches. It's forced them to practice a different way and, and just to, to handle all the different rules and regulations. And, and uh, I'm really proud of how they've handled everything. Last 4th of July, I was with Mark Packer on Sirius XM, and he asked me about the goals for 2020. And I said, well, the goal is to play a game. The second goal is to play a second game. And yep. then so forth. Well, you've got one game in, so the goal is to play a second game, but this time it's a road game with Holy Cross. It, right. What's the approach? What's the approach to trying to do this? Because now you have to take this, you have to translate it to the road. Right. Yep. Which provides its own unique set of circumstances. So it is. Uh, it's a challenge in itself, and and uh, the logistics are are multiplied uh, in in what you have to do. So uh, it is a challenge. There's no doubt. Uh, home field advantage is is multiplied here with all the safety regulations that everybody uh, has. Uh, Holy Cross is a great team. They're undefeated right now. They were the preseason yep. pick to win our league. Uh, so it's a great challenge, and it's a challenge that our players are just so confident coming out of the game against Lafayette that, that, that they're just super excited, uh, but they also know you know, hey, nothing can be taken for granted. There's no guarantee we're going to play this game if we're not smart or if Holy Cross isn't smart. Uh, it's going to be another bye. <laughs> so we're working hard to, to get around that and, and, and not let that kind of uh, sidetrack us from the goal that it's at, at hand, which is to, to become a 2-0 and football team. 490 days is too long between games and conversations. Dave, it was a pleasure having you on the show so that we could talk about Bucknell football. Thank you so much for your time, and congratulations. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Hope to talk to you again real soon. Absolutely. That would be a good sign. <laughs> Dave Cicchini, head football coach at Bucknell. Micah Shrewsbury in the next half hour. Great to have you with us today on the show. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. And he took it away. Teague up the floor, underhands it, right wing, the three, up and down for Adam Flagler. Just the third made three for Baylor, their first in the second half, stretches it to a 50-43 to lead. All right, Kevin Kugler on Westwood. Uh, Baylor was behind. It's the first time this season Villanova's lost a game when leading at halftime. Baylor, to its credit, changed up in the second half and decided to go downhill as often as possible. And that change-up meant everything because the approach... I'm trying to think. They play that game in Hinkle. Does that sound right? I believe so, yeah. That's the odd thing about the weekend. Hinkle... I mean, I've done a game in Hinkle. I've done a bunch of games at Bankers. They're great places to shoot. Florida State couldn't shoot to save their souls in, in Banker's life. you got to be a really bad shooting team or having a really bad day to do that. That's a great place to shoot. Hinkle's a great place to shoot. The problems, they, the places that you have that are not great places to shoot are the ones that are cavernous. And these places are not that. Houston and Oregon State tonight. It, it'll be if either team shoots better than forty percent, that'll be the team that wins. Neither one's great offensively. Internal memo obtained by ESPN strongly encourage Major League Baseball players and staff members to receive one of the approved COVID nineteen vaccines. The protocols 
would apply to fully vaccinated Tier 1 individuals or teams where 85% of those Tier 1 individuals are fully vaccinated. A threshold met two weeks after the first uh, two weeks after the second dose of Pfizer or Moderna or two weeks after the one dose you need of, of Johnson & Johnson. Individuals who meet that requirement can gather without masks in hotels, carpool together, play cards on airplanes, eat at restaurants, meet outdoors while on the road with anyone of their choosing and stay at uh, personal residences when traveling, among other things. Those individuals will also not have to wear masks when exercising and don't have to inform, uh, to inform a compliance officer when leaving the team hotel. They'll have the option of decreasing testing to twice weekly and will not have to quarantine if they have been in close contact with anyone diagnosed with COVID-19 as long as they're asymptomatic. So that's what they're doing with... Uh, now... They're not being prioritized going to the front of the line, but they say that as of today, 28% of the U.S. population has received at least one dose of the three vaccines. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said the current seven-day moving average of new COVID-19 cases has decreased 77% compared to its peak in January 11th. Now, I know there's been a rise in some states, and Pennsylvania has been one of them. That's why you'll hear President Biden uh, making the appeal, hey, look, don't don't back off now. If you're patient, a little more patient, it'll fall into place. And that's the, I think you'll probably hear that at the top of the hour in CBS News. I think it's the best way of characterizing what he said, right? Um, Overall, yep, and obviously the uh, announcement coming today that 90% of adults will be are supposed to be eligible by April 19th now. Yeah, unfortunately, you and I had an opportunity because ESPN obtained a memo from Major League Baseball. We were were able to obtain the suits application (laughs) for a vaccine. (laughs) I brought it to the library and filed it under fiction. It was unbelievable. Really? (laughs) I thought it was a sad moment. It is what it is. Although, like, I will say this. He did. He actually does have half the comorbidities he listed. I thought the over the other the other half was a little bit on the overside. <laughs> it's like, if you just have one, it'll let you go to the front. You don't need that 20. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.